Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Garda, you're investigating reports of two more incidents, two more assaults, separate incidents, I should say, in Dublin city centre uh, over the past 24 to 36 hours. And it comes just days after an attack on a US tourist, tourist that has left him in a serious condition in hospital. Uh, take a listen to the Justice Minister, Helen McEntee, and what she had to say. It is unfortunately the case that no matter what city you're in, no matter what part of the world, we will have crimes. But again, you know, I have to stress this is a safe city to live in. This is a safe city to visit. This is a safe city to work in. But we acknowledge when incidents like this happen, it of course creates fear. Yeah, and we've had a discussion about this on the show. Do you feel safe in Dublin, in other cities across the country? What's your experience? Lots of people have been getting in touch. And we've been talking about this for nearly a week now because the attack on the American tourist happened um, last Wednesday and there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of spotlight that's been basically shone on this issue. Uh, It's been in the headlines for the past number of days and yet, as I mentioned, two further assaults in Dublin City just days after this discussion first uh, started last week. Padraig O'Reilly's a crime uh, journalist, a crime photographer, I should say, and is with us on the programme today. Padraig, I believe you actually, you recently witnessed uh, an assault in Dublin City Centre. Is that right? Yeah, hi, Andrea. Yeah, it was uh, yesterday evening um, at about half six. I'd seen a couple of youths, uh, about half a dozen of them. Um, they were at the back of the Clarence Hotel trying to steal a bike. So I had an eye on them, and then I noticed they'd cross a Parliament Bridge and then onto um, the boardwalk at Ormond Quay. And they started teasing this guy who was walking along. I don't know if he was with a woman or she, because she came along anyway to interject. But uh, they start pushing him, then start punching him. Uh, they were like, I don't know, like wild animals hunting him the way they were firing him. And uh, one of them hit him so hard under the chin, he knocked him to the ground and then proceeded to kick him in the face. Like, it was an absolute savage attack. And these guys, like, no more than sort of 15 years of age, hoodies, just just out of control. Just And a very similar instance uh, to what we saw um, on Talbot Street last Wednesday. It's very, uh, like, I have no doubt for the individual involved, uh, Paul Rick, it's an absolute, it must, it must be just a absolutely terrifying experience but I'm sure even witnessing something like this I mean it's very hard to know what to do beyond contacting the Gardaí Absolutely I mean like uh, from like both sides of the Liffey there was a lot of tourists had stopped um, and were watching this and they were shocked uh, especially in the aftermath because that man crossed back onto the south south side onto Wellington Quay and a lot of people were crossing the street to avoid him because all, they did, all of them didn't know what had happened and they just seen this man uh, like his face and his, his jersey full of blood, his hands full of blood, didn't know what was going on. Uh, bus stops, people moved away from bus stops when they saw him coming. Um, yeah, shocking to think that uh, like these are, only, these are kids like acting like this, like like savages. It's just... Uh, and it's not. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. At the moment, the city is not safe, especially for people visiting uh, when they don't know uh, like sort of the rules of these guys, how they operate. We see it as locals. You see it in advance. You move away, you know. You come out of pubs, you get into your taxi, you go home. You don't start wandering down, like, uh, back streets or a tunnel street at one o'clock. Uh, and any night of the week now, not, not a chance, you know. But the way, Andre, it's gone now, it's nearly as dangerous at 1 p.m. as it is as uh, 1 a.m. Right across the city, I've been working, I worked, uh, started working with the Sunday World in 1987. Mm. And I've never, I've never, ever seen the streets this bad, never. The whole way across, like, like when someone tells us that it's in a particular spot, 
yes, particular spot, we're a very small city. It's not Paris. It's not London. So we're talking from like the edge of North Strand right across uh, into nearly uh, the south inner city. It, it's really dangerous, these gangs. And like with drugs, I was photographing like crack addicts this morning, like dozens of them queuing up uh, to get their medicine, that's called it. Uh, people smoke heroin. Uh, weed openly being smoked now all across the city. No one, no one's ever tackled on that, and it's like it's still illegal. That's another issue. Um, yeah, so uh, I think it's got pretty out of control. And I think, I think the battle has been lost. So I think they're going to have to address it. And I don't know if a couple of their recruits from Tappermore are going to come up down and sort this problem out. I think we need some more experience. But sure, this is the thing, Patrick. I'm, like, I mean, to think. That this has happened, you know, two separate incidents in, in Dublin. And look, I know people will say, sure, this happens every day of the week. You're only talking about it because it's been in the spotlight for the last seven days. But like, there's, you know, there's more Gardaí out and about on the streets. I mean, that we've been to- every station in the country, every programme, every newspaper has been talking about what happened uh, to the American tourist since last Wednesday. Like, there's a huge spotlight has been shown this. We've seen the Justice Minister down at the Garda station. There's been accusations of, you know, been opportunistic with photo ops like it's a it's been a huge story for nearly the past seven days and yet despite all of that despite the fact there's more patrols more more guard there's still another two incidents and, and what you even witnessed yesterday and that's just what's been reported by the way yeah like like i'm on so it's the boardwalk let's be clear about it for people that maybe uh are tuned in and aren't, aren't familiar with the day of the dublin the boardwalk is basically next door to the hapenny bridge between Hapenny Bridge and Parliament Bridge. So it's really part of the actual heart, the centre of the city. And this, these teams started, I observed them and then finished with them about for about 30 minutes <laughs> with no, no interjection. And we were talking about, uh, we're told response times of three minutes and so forth. Um, half an hour, nothing, absolutely zero. <laughs> Yeah, look, I don't know where is the where is the law and order. Um, I you know, and a, a lot of a lot of people you know getting in touch about just the point around feeling feeling safe, and sure you don't know who's involved or what's involved or where people are coming from or whether they're different people or whatever whatever age even they are. But just a lot of people talking about the point still today about just not feeling safe. Bernie's with us as well. Um, Bernie, I believe you're originally from Dublin, is that right? But you're living in Galway. That's right, yeah, yeah, Andrea, I am. Do you and, feel safe um, in Dublin? I don't, and I'm, I'm not a very, I mean, I worked and lived and grew up in Dublin, and I never had any problems or issues. I mean, the, you know, there was no buses on a Sunday morning, as you know, from, you know, until half ten, and you were able to walk from, you know, if you were on night duty, you'd walk from, say, the um, Leeson Street all the way over to get a bus maybe on the Navan Road. Um, you'd, it's a good walk, it's a three, five-mile walk, but you did it, and you could go down Gardner Street and, and all those streets and no problem at all. Um, I have recently had to go to Dublin and I take the bus up now and when I get off a bachelor's walk, I'm absolutely terrified. And I used to stand there at night and chat to friends, uh, you know, uh, back in the day. And now I wouldn't even look at anybody. And you can feel it. You can sense it around you when you walk these streets. So walk down O'Connell Street, you can feel everything. You're anxious. You know, do you carry a handbag? Do you carry your card? We don't know what to do. And I, so I avoid it. And that's really sad to say. Mm. I'm very proud of my city. And I wouldn't go near it. I haven't gone on the boardwalk. I wouldn't. I'd be afraid of my life from the stories I've heard. And this is just, you know, I'm, I'm I live in a village down here now, but I'm ashamed and I'm and upset at the way Dublin has gone. It has absolutely gone down the hill. Um, and I just think the government aren't reacting enough. And I think that they should actually get the army back from the peacekeeping for out in the Lebanon and put them on our streets as a visible power source 
of protection for the people in the the city. I really do. I think we have to stop looking at peacekeeping out in other countries when our own major cities are going down the tubes. And that's how strongly I feel. And I don't want to lose my city. And I don't want to lose our country. But it seems to be nobody's listening to us. And I really feel that people are scared. And they want to do something positive. And what's wrong with having our army on the streets for maybe three months of the summer or when it's particularly busy? To protect the people who are using mm-hmm. the streets. Because these, these kids are gone feral. And, you know, the parents don't seem to have any idea of some of where their kids are. Do you know? There's so many Army things happening. Streets, yeah. I know, like, I, I, know, I have heard talk about, um, is it 48 new Garda recruits they're talking about being deployed to to Dublin? Um, like, I wonder, do you, would you, do you feel safer, Bernie, with the, even just the presence of more Garda, whether they're in regular uniform or public order gear or whatever, you know, do you feel safer with the, just, just that visible presence? I do. Me personally, I do. Um, I do feel when I see a guard that I'm, um, there's somebody nearby should anything untoward happen, you know, um, and I do feel comfortable. Now, I'm not a, a, you know, a shying away person. I have, to, you know, I've, I've done my judo. I've, I'm, I'm very fit, you know, but I don't think I'd be able to, if somebody went for my bag or, you know, I don't want to be fighting with anybody. I'm not that kind of, I'm a peaceful kind of person. But I mean, if I saw a guard nearby, I'd easily feel I could talk, I could shout out, you know, I could say, hey. Or, you know, I feel there was somebody that could he- help me or come to my assistance. What about you, Padraig? Do, do you agree with that? Like, do you feel safer seeing a f- more visible... Uh, well, 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 it's funny, like, like, when I'm working, yeah, I feel safe because, I, like, I'm, I'm looking at it like I'm, I'm conscious. But, like, if I uh, come to town at night uh, for a dinner, a few drinks, like, on a Friday night, I'll... I'll be wary and I'll be coming out and I'll have a taxi outside and a minute I'm gone. I'm not walking down to town. Not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. Nothing more. And if, if any young people connected to me are going to town, uh, I'll, I'll arrange that whatever or like if I'm at home, I'll come in, collect them. No problem. You know, 20 minutes in and out. Um, you just cannot walk around these streets anymore at nighttime. It's dangerous in the day. Obviously, what's at night? Nice. Uh, like, you know, the, they just, the back lane ways, uh, it's, it's drug infested throughout, and then on top of this, now we have these these marauding young gangs mm. uh, just attacking well, people. Well, for sport, it's like sport. They're laughing when they're punching people. You know, it, it, eighteen hundred four five three one zero six. The number if you you want to join us here today about this. Um, former governor in Mount Joy, John Lonergan, is is with us on the program today. John, I, I know you've been listening there to, to Porrick and 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 Bernie. Um, I'm sure you've been listening to this debate going on for the past week. You know, in this station and and many others as well. But in your experience, like how much of an impact would the likes of a higher high visibility policing? How, how much of an impact does that have? Um, good afternoon, Andrea. Yeah. First of all, it, it, it most certainly has an impact, if nothing uh, more than a, a psychological impact, as, as some of your contributors have said. You're just seeing Gardaí uh, on the streets and, and uh, is, is, is reassuring. And uh, it doesn't necessarily prevent uh, every attack or every potential attack, but it's certainly reassuring for ordinary people. Um, but I suppose my concern uh, is that this is this isn't uh, you know uh, this isn't a recent thing. This has been going on for 50 years, and uh, I have spoken recently about my experience in the late 70s with the Bugsy Malones and Lachan House, which was opened as a response in a response to mm. lawlessness that time, uh, and very much in the north inner city as well, and, and some in the in the in the south inner city. And and this sort of issue I, I has been ongoing for 50 years. 
And anyway, my, but my position on it is very clear. I, I distinguish between all other crimes, um, including drug use on the streets, which shouldn't happen, uh, by the way, and it isn't indicating uh, an indicator of law uh, enforcement breaking down. But I, I differentiate between all those types of crimes, shoplifting, all of those, and this, uh, these young boys that are going around the city uh, looking for and, and instigating violent attacks on innocent people. For me, that is at the very top of the, of the agenda. And every other crime is, is, is lesser than that, in my opinion. And therefore, we should, as a society, we should focus on that and eliminate it on the clear basis that if a young boy or boys in a gang commit a, a crime um, uh, of violence against another person, that there's very serious consequences and significant consequences for that behavior. Mm. Because that is the most frustrating and annoying fact that, uh, you know, uh, these boys uh, and they're in little gangs, and many of them are 14 and 15, um, and, and they, they go, they're eventually maybe brought to court, they go into court smirking, and they come out of court, of court smirking. Um, and in other words, it's all part and parcel of, of the fun in, in inverted commas. There should be no tolerance at all of violence. Uh, you know, domestic violence now in the last 10 years has got a higher profile and people generally now just, you know, regard it as outrageous and unacceptable. Uh, sexual violence has again been brought up a bit on the agenda as a result of campaigns and consistent campaigns. And, and now this is the ultimate campaign is to stop. But why did it slip the down the priority list, John? Or- we, we keep making excuses for people. I, I read it regularly. ADHD. The latest one is COVID. They had a bad time in COVID. I just, I just get, I just get angry when I read that, uh, that type of excuses. There, are, there are no excuses for violence. End of story. Mm. And when those boys uh, are, are eventually brought to court, that should be the uh, the approach of all the state agencies. There's no excuses for it, and you pay a price if you commit an act of violence, and the price is serious. So that's very, very important that we send out. Now, I know myself, I worked, I worked, as I said, in the late 70s and 80s with boys between the ages of 12 and 18. And I know one of the things I, that I learned early on, that boys have a very poor insight and concept of consequences. They act first, and then they, 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 they sort of realize, oh, my God. My attitude now is you, you, you keep highlighting for every act of violence, there's a serious consequence. And on, until we arrive at that stage, uh, I'm afraid we'll, we'll just be uh, constantly talking about innocent people uh, getting v- viciously attacked. That man that, that your photographer has described, just imagine you're walking down the street and out for no reason in the world, five or six young lads attack you and, and punch you for nothing and they get away with it. Now, that is unacceptable to I me. I know, Padre just talking about that incident that, an incident that he, he witnessed himself uh, recently. Like, the whole point that's been made, and there's, you know, big announcement around the new guard, like, new guard recruits, new guard recruits being deployed um, to Dublin, I think. Is it about a majority of the, the new, the new, um, yeah, the new guards, I should say, that are going to be deployed to, to the Dublin area? Like, is that enough, John, or, or do you, there's a couple of, People getting in touch actually about the point Bernie made a few few moments ago. You know about the army and that sort of high visible policing presence. Maybe not even necessarily the army, but the likes of the public order unit and that. Like, is that is that what we need in the streets? Like, have we have we lost control? So I don't think we need. To, I don't think we need the army. But I, but I do say, and I'm absolutely certain of this. Forty-eight new guard recruits into Dublin City. Twenty-one of them to the inner city is is a drop in the ocean. It will make very little impact. 
simply because of numbers. Uh, you know, the, the amazing thing is, if you go up Andrews to, to uh, Jones's Road on Sunday morning from 10 o'clock onwards, you will see plenty guards on duty all over that part of the city, uh, which is very close to the, the, to the north inner city, is actually part of it. There'll be plenty guards. There'll be hundreds of guards, actually, on duty. And that's the type of presence we need in those inner city areas on a consistent basis, mm. 24-7. Um, and to do that, the Garda Commissioner himself must demand extra resources. And it's nonsense for the minister to be going on about it's not a resource matter, it's a safe city. It's a safe city if you're that lucky person that you're not attacked. It's a very unsafe person, uh, city if you're the unlucky one. So a Garda presence uh, is, is certainly a, a major priority, must be a major priority. And you're talking about hundreds of extra Garda in the inner city areas of Dublin, not 21. Mm, absolutely. I, 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 I know a lot of people very much in favour of Bernie's suggestion around uh, the, de- the defence forces of the army. I, I wouldn't have thought so myself, but I definitely think there's a case to be made for having public order vans circling up and down and in and around streets. I think from a visibility uh, perspective, I think it's I think it's great to see it. Um, everybody, like everybody is saying the same thing and they're witnessing it, uh, the ongoing daily drug dealing on the street. And we hear rubbish going on at times, you know, and governments talking and ministers talking uh, about the war on drugs and all that rubbish. Yeah. Uh, if, you have, if you have illicit, illegal drug dealing on your main streets around the city centre of Dublin on an ongoing basis, you can forget about law and order. There's no law and order when that's happening. Uh, Mary is with us on. Do you know what? I'm going to take a short break because there's a, quite a few people getting in touch about this today. Um, do you feel safe in Dublin? Our capital city. Do you feel safe in the streets? What's your view on uh, what's been happening over the past seven days? So it's not even just the past seven days. We're talking about it because of what's happened uh, since last week. Pork O'Reilly, um, Bernie as well for getting in touch. The former governor there of Mountjoy Prison, John Lonergan. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. Yeah, we're talking about reports of two more assaults in Dublin City. This is just days after an attack on a US tourist last week. 87 106 is the WhatsApp number. There's a lot of people getting in touch with us today about this. Vincent says, I live in, in D1, where the uh, near to where the assault happened last week. There's no city in Europe that's less safe than Dublin. I see this antisocial behaviour every day. I'm sick of the Justice Minister trying to play it down. Gordon to Vincent. This texter asking, why aren't the plainclothes Scarthy patrolling Dublin City every day? Uh, Claire says, my son lives in Dublin, often gets home late. I'm always trying to get him to get a taxi. He says they're impossible to get. I didn't realise it until I was there myself and saw it for myself quite recently. This texter says, you couldn't pay me to walk down O'Connell Street in the evening or at night time. Unfortunately though, tourists don't know this when they come to the city, that the locals actually feel this way. Um, Barry says, the Gardaí will say they don't have the resources. It's complete rubbish. The Gardaí do absolutely nothing, according to, to Barry. Um, who's this? Ian. Ian has got in contact. My family were in Cork City last November for the Munster rugby match. To say that we felt unsafe in the city centre was an understatement. There was no Garda presence whatsoever. And the street lighting was extremely poor. Limerick isn't much better, according to Ian. Mary is with us on the line. Um, Mary, do you feel safe walking around our capital Hi, city streets? Hi, How Andrea. Are you? Thanks, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely not. And I was so upset about that American gentleman coming here on a holiday and him having to experience that. Mm. But the reason, really, reason I really got in touch was my son's um, best friend about four weeks ago 
He was at the gym. He got a, a city uh, Dublin bike and cycled down to Little in Talbot Street, half six in the evening. Went in and he locked up his bike. And when he came out, there was two young people, young boys at the bike. And he ran at them and shouted at them. And when he went over, out of nowhere, a whole crowd of young fellas jumped on top of him. Now, this, this guy's in his 30s. He's fit. But when there's a crowd of young fellas sitting on top of you and kicking your head in, it's very difficult. Two tourists rescued him. And that's how he survived. I'm sure he was badly shaken Mary, was he? Oh, yeah. When I saw the pictures, very upsetting. You know, very upsetting. Bleeding all down by the side of his face and everything. And it was just two tourists uh, actually saved him. And I just think I agree with what everyone says. I mean, I, I, I've been saying this since October. Uh, my my daughter actually lives in Barcelona. Really safe city compared to Dublin. I go there all the time to visit her. I walk around in the evening on my own to visit You know, we might be meeting about half nine or ten at night. But when she was home at Christmas, any night she was out, I didn't touch drink because I said, you can't get a taxi, I'll drive in. Do not move from where people are. And her boyfriend's brother was beaten up at Christmas on Waterloo Road walking home on his own because there was no taxis. Now, I don't know how anyone can say this is a safe city. Just it's tell me, t- t- I know you've had an, an awful, two experiences or connections yes. to you, Mary, of people that have experienced this, which, yes. is, which, is, which is shocking. But just give me a sense of what it's like when you go to visit your daughter in, in Barcelona. Why is it that you feel safer to walk around? Okay, I'll tell you why I evening. feel safe. Because there's police everywhere. And say I'm lost. I know I can go up and ask that policeman where is such and such and I'm safe because I know who I'm asking. There's gar- there's police cars everywhere. There's police walking around. There's police standing beside police cars. There's transport police. And I don't accept the argument from Eamon Ryan that we can use police for the transport. We can't. We're not safe in the Lewis. There was security on the Lewis the other night. I was going into town to meet friends and that was half six in the evening. I was coming home at half 10 or 11 at night when I feel you should have transport, police or security on it. There was none. So basically, so you, 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 feel, you feel much safer, Mary, when there's cops everywhere, effectively. When there's police somewhere. And the other thing is, and I was listening to the, uh, the, the governor last night, and the, your previous speaker that was governor of Mountjoy last night yeah. on the Tonight Show. And I agreed with everything he said. <gasps> there's no consequences. These kids should be taken off the, the streets and the parents of them held responsible. Yeah. And I know maybe they come from poor background. I'm yeah, very lucky. I come from a comfortable one. But my mother and father came from very poor backgrounds. They didn't go behave like that. No one did. Because most of our parents in the 40s and 50s, they weren't wealthy in Ireland. But they didn't behave like that. So... I agree with everything okay. everyone's saying. Yeah. There's no consequences. There's no responsibility. And I absolutely... Um, do you know the first thing I did? I'm actually in town and I see drug addicts all over the place. It's very sad. But when I pulled in to take this call, do you know what the first thing I did? I made sure my doors were locked. Now, that just says it, doesn't it? 
And it's incredible though to you know to to listen to you talk about your experience then in Barcelona and by comparison and like people would always talk about you know if you go into Barcelona and pickpockets and you see so so much or so many police out and about in the streets but with that comes a sense I think of of security hard to hard to argue Mary uh, with you about that Liz is on the line as well Liz um do you feel safe in our cities across um- Ireland Across Ireland, yeah. yes, but in Dublin, no. I came up in, to Dublin yesterday afternoon on the train from Thurlis, and from the time I got off the train until I got back on the train, I was shocked. Um, it started at the railway station. Five burly security guys burst into the ladies to rescue or to, to haul out two poor misfortunes who were in one of the stalls shooting up, I presume. Got on the Lewis, got as far as, got off at Jervis. Um, there was a young woman on the train whom I had noticed with two little kids. She had a little toddler and a baby. I had to stand next to her because my heart was in my mouth for her. There were guys and girls openly dealing at Jervis. Went into town, just the air of menace about the place. I met my daughter for a bite to eat and then we we went our separate ways. So I was going to walk back to the train, train station because I'd been sitting all day Walked back to, it was bright, that was about half seven. Walked back to um, Houston, met along the way, you know that little park near Houston, um, you couldn't go in there, it would have been a lovely place to go and sit on a summer's evening while I was waiting for my train, but you couldn't because there were junkies, there were um, tents, there were, oh, you name it. And then then there was a poor girl thrown on the ground with about eight guardy around her just outside that little park. Um, Clearly, um, she was unconscious. I don't know what had happened to her, but it was obviously uh, drug related. And you know, Andrea, I lived in the Bronx in the early eighties, and I felt safer there. I mean, obviously, I exercised caution, but I did feel safer in the Bronx in the eighties. Dublin yesterday was horrible. Dublin city centre, and for Helen McEntee to say that it's a safe city, well, really, well, maybe if I had two burly guardy with me, I felt safer. Horrible. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And I won't be rushing back. Do you come up, do you tend to come up frequently, Liz? Would you? Oh, I do. And yeah. Actually, interestingly, I would normally drive up, but yesterday I took the train and I just felt I was, I was walking more, so I was seeing more and experiencing more. And just... You'll just not do not it again. Nice. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not too shy in retiring, as you can probably guess, and I probably will. But like, I've travelled the world visiting yeah. my kids. I've kids in Amsterdam, Vancouver, they've been in London, you know. I've never felt like that before. But isn't there there's something so wrong, Liz, with that? Yes. Yes, there is something so wrong. And, you know, I was mortified. I, you know, if I had young kids with me, I mean, it would, I would have been had my hands over their eyes all the time, you know, just avert your gaze, just don't look. Because it was just, oh, it was just horrible, Andrea. I can't even put into words, really, I can't really get, tell you exactly. I just felt so disappointed, so embarrassed. I mean, we, we'd seen the day before the All-Ireland, you know, the best of Irish, the best of young people, the best of older people, the, you know, Ireland at its best, mm. and then the following day in the city centre. Now, I'm sure it's just the city centre, but it was horrible, really yes. horrible. Yeah, look, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, the amount of people that want to get in touch with just similar experiences to, to you and Mary and different incidents that they've witnessed and how they feel in and around 
city centre. I don't know, has it has it got worse? Like, we've, it's not the first time we've talked about this, or is it just that because we're talking about it, more and more people are getting in touch to share their, their experience? Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.